Tiki Hut Media. I love Guinness. That is actually my favorite thing in the whole world. It's the greatest drink. It's like somebody had a beer and then somebody threw a roast beef in the beer and then somebody put mashed potatoes on top and handed it to you. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hi, everybody. Jerry here. Got my Guinness popped open today because, you know, it's time to dig out the shamrock socks, the Kiss Me, I'm Irish t-shirt, and wear green all day because St. Patrick's Day is this week. And this episode of Soul Ramblings podcast is St. Patrick's Day, our St. Patrick's Day episode. And as we get started today, be sure to check us out on your favorite app wherever you're listening right now. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode of Soul Ramblings podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or if you're listening to us on YouTube or any of the formats that we're on right now. Wherever you're listening right now, be sure to go and subscribe. You'll never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. And if you haven't made the connection, St. Patrick's Day is actually based on a pretty great guy, St. Patrick. He's got a pretty interesting backstory dating all the way back to the 5th century, which involves missionaries, kidnapping, Irish pirates, if you can believe that. The story goes that St. Patrick was kidnapped at the ripe age of 16 by Irish pirates and taken as a slave to Ireland. He spent six years there, but he eventually escaped, becoming a well-respected priest. He eventually returned to Ireland to try and convert the people to Christianity, and that went surprisingly well. It's said that he passed on March 17th and was eventually made a saint by the Irish people. And that's where we get March 17th being St. Patrick's Day. The life of St. Patrick is such an example to us still today that even in the darkest of times, God's sovereignty shines over his people. He can't help but come to our aid. He can't help but to bless us and let his favor surround our lives because he's a good and loving God and nothing escapes his notice. He watches over all and we can trust that our lives and circumstances are held securely in his hands. Before his passing, it is said in the year 433 that St. Patrick was praying for God's divine protection in his work and ministry in Ireland while facing these powerful enemies. He wrote this prayer called St. Patrick's Breastplate, which is still widely known and recited today. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity. By invocation of the same, the three in one, and one in three, of whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word, 
praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. It's a great prayer to pray during these times that we're in. And with the war on Ukraine coming on top of a global inflationary surge, the retail price of gasoline in the United States has soared by 80 cents a gallon since the beginning of the year to an all-time record of $4.17 per gallon as of the recording of this episode, or so we're told. We all know gas prices are rising rapidly. As a matter of fact, I read a news article that said probably before the end of the month, before the end of March, we'll be at $6 or more per gallon. Now, while that statistic is true, it's, it's trivial. People who believe gasoline prices have never been so high are suffering from what some economists are calling the money illusion. And simply put, this means our brains are fooling us into thinking we've never had it so bad before, when actually the cost of driving a mile in your gas-powered vehicle is now lower than it was for most of the past century. Yes, yes, prices are up. But so are our incomes, and cars are much more efficient now than they were even 10 years ago. Once you adjust for the purchasing power of a dollar and the increased gas mileage of the cars and trucks on the road, you'll recognize that even with the huge price increases in just the past few weeks, gas prices aren't so high that they'll crush the economy. Now, more about that money illusion. We're suffering from the money illusion if we think that nominal prices are what's important instead of what your income can buy. It's like, you know, your smug old granddad lecturing you about how a candy bar ought to cost a nickel just like it did back in the day. And everyone knows a nickel isn't worth what it used to be, and we should start acting like we know it. Prices aren't fixed units that never change, like temperatures, distances, and weights. Instead, prices are relative. Context matters. Gasoline cost a buck twenty-five a gallon back in 1980, but the average worker across the country was only making about six dollars and seventy-five cents an hour, and minimum wage was just over three dollars. It took the typical worker about eleven to fifteen minutes to earn just enough to buy a gallon of gas. Now, with gas costing over four dollars a gallon, it typically takes a worker just over nine minutes to earn enough to buy a gallon. And that gallon of gas takes you a lot further than it used to, which is what we really should be caring about and talking about when we fill up our tank. The use we can get from using that gallon of gasoline is the only thing that matters to us. What matters to politicians may be different. Back in 1980, gas mileage was so awful that driving a mile cost 30 cents a gallon for gas in today's dollars. Today, if your vehicle gets the national average of about 23 miles per gallon, driving a mile costs about 16 cents for the gas. And if gasoline goes to that $455 and even higher, as some analysts predict, it'll cost a bit under 20 cents a mile. For most of the years between 1923 and 1980, gas cost about 25 cents a mile in today's dollars. Gas prices weren't so high during those years that they prevented people from enthusiastically embracing automobiles. That's when the car completely transformed the American way of life, which means gas prices aren't so high now that they'll cripple our economy. Yes, they are higher 
than they were a year ago or even a few months ago for that matter. But they've been much higher before. The economy managed to grow in the early 80s and the early 2010s, not to mention the 1920s, 1940s, 50s, and 60s, when the cost of gas per mile was higher. Gas would have to get to nearly $7 a gallon to match the 30 cents per mile of 1980 and 81. Now, there are some speculations that it will get that high. We'll see what happens. And I guess the point I'm trying to make with this, friends, is yes, gas prices are high. We can choose to travel less. We can choose to carpool. We can choose to bicycle. We can choose to walk. We can choose public transportation. We have all sorts of choices we can make to adjust because gas prices are high. But remember this, Ukraine cannot. And there, but for grace, go we. We'll be right back after this short break. You are not only saving a child's life, you're breathing life back into that family. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Because of you. Because of you. Because of you. There is St. Jude. Donate now at stjude.org. I briefly mentioned the conflict over in Ukraine, and we wanted to take a little time out and lift up in prayer the people of Ukraine. And we'll do that now. This is a prayer from J.D. Walt. He is the sower-in-chief of the Seedbed Daily Text, which is a devotional that I read every day. I have it delivered to my email. You can do so. Link is in the show notes for the Seedbed Daily Text with J.D. Walt. And you can subscribe to that and have it delivered to your email each and every morning. Right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer with J.D. Walt as he leads us in this prayer for the people of Ukraine. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come before you today to declare peace in the name of Jesus over the war taking place in Eastern Europe. We boldly ask you to establish and strengthen the bond of peace across the body of Christ in Russia and Ukraine. Draw near to all the followers of Jesus scattered across these nations and bind them together in supernatural love that moves with the power of the gospel. Let your kingdom break forth in demonstrations of peace in ways that confound the ways of sin, darkness, death, and evil. We pray for you to intervene in the hearts and minds of the leaders of Russia to turn from their invasion and to seek peace. We pray you would strengthen the invading soldiers with the resolve of human decency and compassion and a miraculous empowerment to lay down their arms in the face of such egregious destruction and loss of innocent life. We pray for the leaders of Ukraine to protect and preserve them from harm 
and to fill them with such a spirit of travail and prayer that it touches heaven and changes the course of life on earth for their country. We pray for the leaders of governments around the world, for wisdom and courage for the facing of this hour. We rebuke the spirit of fear that would cower in the face of evil rather than confront it. We cry out for an awakening of the church around the world to realize both our responsibility and our power to intervene and exercise our kingdom authority for such a time as this. We pray you would leave in the wake of this man-made disaster and all its ruins the seeds of a great awakening and the raising up of a generation who would rebuild the ruins and who would be called the repairer of broken walls and the restorer of streets to dwell in. And finally and most urgently, we pray for the children who are crying and afraid, many of whom may be lost and alone wondering if they will ever see their fathers again, longing for the safety of their homes, anxious about their next meal, afraid for their very survival. Holy Spirit, send wave on wave of compassion in the midst of trauma, light in the darkness, and the peace only love can bring in the midst of utter madness. We ask these things, declaring the things that are not as yet as though they were already, believing in your power to do beyond all we can ask or even imagine, and trusting in the strong name of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, J.D. Once again, J.D. Walt from Seedbed Daily Text. Got a link in the show notes to that text or that uh, devotional website. You can go there and subscribe and get that daily devotional in your email. And we encourage you to do that. Now, let's get back to more of Soul Ramblings Podcast. Now, back to more about St. Patrick's Day. It's coming up this week. And this is also a time to get those stretchy beer drinking pants on because St. Patrick's Day and beer go together like Irish stew and soda bread. Now, I'm not one to question a good thing, but I'm always interested in learning something new. Namely, what's the connection between St. Patrick's Day and beer? Why do so many of us drink beer on St. Patrick's Day? Well, I did a little research and we're going to share the sudsy story of St. Patrick's Day and beer. So pop open whatever you're drinking and keep listening. Here's everything you've ever wanted to know about the Irish holiday and beer. Because while drinking beer for the sake of it is all good and well, it's even better when it has a backstory. So we told you the story of St. Patrick back at the beginning of the podcast. And if St. Patrick's Day was originally created for a saint, why the Irish beer? Pretty much everybody and their dog knows that St. Patrick's Day means drinking green beer. But it goes deeper than a love of celebrating holidays by drinking beer. St. Patrick's Day lands smack dab in the middle of Lent, which we're in right now. Which means that 
Many Christians can disregard the restrictions of the Lent period for one day of feasts and celebrations in honor of St. Patrick. It's not hard to see how this day would become one to let loose and why drinking beer is inextricably linked to the holiday. Now, it's no secret that green is a must on St. Patrick's Day, from wearing shamrocks to green clothing, but every pub worth their salt also has green beer ready to go. Adding green food coloring to beer is nothing new. In fact, it was first invented in New York in 1914 by a guy by the name of Dr. Thomas Hayes Curtin. He added a drop of wash blue to beer, and out came a green beer that's still a popular trend over a century later. Luckily, we now use harmless food coloring instead of the possibly toxic wash blue, and it doesn't alter the taste of the beer in any way. Now, in the past decade, some craft brewers have tried to come up with their own green beer recipes without the aid of traditional dye. In 2005, Delaware's Dogfish Head Brewery used the protein-rich blue-green algae spirulina. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But anyway, they used that to give their German lager a nice green sheen. Then, in 2013, New York's Captain Lawrence Brewery tried their hand at making a green beer, cheekily calling it gimmicky green. It also never really stuck. But since most of us don't have the brewing power to infuse our beers with a protein-rich algae, we have to turn to food coloring at home, and that's okay. Problem is, we've been doing it wrong. It has nothing to do with green food coloring. Here's how to dye your beer green the right way without toxic dye, spirulina, or green food coloring. First of all, if you really want to get a bright green colored beer, you need to buy something light. Lighter beers will work better with the color change and you'll have a much better looking result. Given the amount in which green beer is consumed during this week and during uh, St. Patrick's Day, we often understandably keep it economical and reach for those low ABV beers. However, if you insist on keeping it crafty, you definitely do have some options. A crisp Pilsner with clarity can certainly work for going green as well. Now, you are going to need food coloring, but use blue instead of green. That is key. Use blue food coloring instead of green. It's because the blue dye will mix with that light yellow color of the beer which you're pouring to create a brilliant green and hopefully makes sense if you paid attention in your elementary school art class. If you add green dye to almost any type of beer, you'll end up with a dull swampy color, much like the Mississippi River. It'll be fine, it'll be festive, but it won't be the brilliant green you're looking for. Add just a couple of drops at a time gradually to get precisely the color you're after. At the end of the day, green beer made this way should be safe. It should be easy. And it's definitely fun. And now you should surely know how to dye your beer green at home. Use blue food coloring and a light beer. Just do all of us a favor and drink your green beer responsibly this St. Patty's Day. So St. Patrick's Day has changed significantly since it was first created in the 5th century. Now this holiday is celebrated by more than just the Irish people and has become for many an excuse to be merry and drink a plenty no matter what day of the week it falls on. With green, as far as the eye can see, Irish beer, green beer, and endless shamrocks, St. Patrick's Day is always a ball, no matter how you spend it. 
but the root of the holiday actually boils down to a people that loved and respected a well-known missionary who simply wanted to spread the good word about his faith. And we'll cheers to that. You don't have to be religious to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and you definitely don't have to be an Irish beer drinker, although if you are, try your luck at snagging a few extra smooches or a free pint or two. All you need is a beer in hand, preferably green, and a readiness to celebrate St. Patrick and Irish culture. Get social with us on Soul Ramblings Podcast by going to our Facebook page or our Instagram page and follow or like us there. Leave us a comment and a review. We would love to hear from you on Facebook or Instagram. Links are in the show notes of this episode. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day. And this last piece of advice, if you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Be sure to join us early on Sunday morning. A short episode drops every Sunday morning during the season of Lent. We have a short Lenten devotional on those days, so be sure to join us this coming Sunday. And again, subscribe wherever you're listening and you won't miss those episodes. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, drink responsibly, keep the conversation going, grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.